Welcome to Women Leading the Way Radio Show, where each time you'll hear from successful women CEOs, executives, and professionals, where we'll discover how they do what they do to be successful in business. We'll be interviewing women who have overcome big challenges, women who have incredible stories of lessons learned in dealing with adversity. We'll even interview women who have started and grown successful organizations and women who are C-level executives with unique talents and positions. Our goal is to bring successful businesswomen together to share how they're leading the way in business today. Good morning and welcome to Women Lead Radio brought to you by Connected Women of Influence. I'm Diane Callahan, your host of The Lighthearted Life, and we're today we're going to be talking about Let's Talk Shift. Shift with an S in it, <laughs> and our leading man, our guest, my friend today is Peter Hughes. Peter is a life shift facilitator and author of an amazing book called At One Minute. It's spelled atonement, but it's, it's called out as At One Minute, and it's all about reclaiming our humanity. And good morning, Peter. How are you? Good morning, Diane. I'm doing really well. So excited to be here. Thanks for inviting me to the sandbox to play. <laughs> You are welcome. So, so guys, I need to kind of give you a little bit of background. Peter and I go all the way back. Uh, we go back to we met in college like five lifetimes ago, huh, Peter? <laughs> and uh, yes. we met in in the theater department and um, got to know each other there. And uh, and then Peter directed me in a great production of Anything Goes. He gave me a great role. And um, so we've just known each other for a really long time. Um, funny, funny, funny story that I tell everybody um, is when I've been talking about this show, actually. So a long time ago when we were doing a show in college, Peter walks out of the men's dressing room bathroom area <laughs> with one of those uh, toilet seat protectors, like, around his neck. He walks out, looks at me, and he goes, let's talk shit. <laughs> and remember that, Peter? Remember? Yes. <laughs> what was I thinking? <laughs> well, we've been talking shit ever since, i got to tell you. But Absolutely. what's funny <laughs> is that now what you do is literally talk shift. You help people see, you know, shift their thinking, their mindset, their behavior, their life. What exactly do you do as a life shift facilitator? Well, it's a combination, uh, a mix of life coaching, although we don't officially call it that, life coaching and intuitive coaching and spiritual facilitation. So it's, a, it's like a potpourri of a number of different modalities. Um, it's intuitively driven. There's a structure to it, but I, I ask my clients to think of me as a spiritual 411 operator. You know, my job Ooh. is to have you ask your question and, and present what your request for clarity is on, and I retrieve the information and bring it back to you. And um, like a 411 operator, I have no attachment to the uh, information. My job is to be a messenger, get you what you need, and then kind of soothe you into some action points and then send you on your way. So in a way, it's got the structure of life coaching, and it's got the expansive um, access to information that would be more of an intuitive, um, uh, I don't call it psychic, but it's, it's along those lines, intuitive hit. Yeah. Okay, that is so interesting to me. So, so do you do you get like real like once a client like 
explains what they're, where they're blocked or confused or need clarity, then do you just get real quiet and, and tune into your own intuition and let sort of messages come to you? Is that how it works? That's a, that was actually well said. Yes, and usually <laughs> <laughs> I've been doing this long enough that I, 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 it doesn't take a lot of time to warm up, or and it's not very theatrical. It's very, <laughs> very calm and, and not, not too you know exciting as far as visually. But often um, with a, I'll be warming up. I call it warming up or dialing up before a client actually calls or comes to the office. Mm-hmm. So I'm actually. Uh, to have their information queued up before they arrive. So when they sit down, oh. I usually have a sense of where it's going. And my job is to support the client and getting comfortable. And because it's very vulnerable in um, experience, and it can be very confronting. It's also very liberating. And so much mm-hmm. of my work, and this is where my stage directing comes in handy, is helping people feel comfortable with stepping into the unknown so that they can actually hear the guidance that comes through, even though they're listening through their filters, their emotional filters, um, they can hear the information and then set them up with um, uh, a relationship with the information that suits them so they can feel confident mm-hmm. that they can actually get in action with implementing the guidance that comes through so they can you know, claim and sustain the results that they're looking for. So it's not just a dictation or a instruction. It's actually setting the client up to be effective in manifesting sustainable results, which is the, the delicious part of the work. It's in a way, like directing, it's very much rehearsing, um, getting the actors ready for a performance, and then getting them out there opening night with the confidence that they know what they're doing and, and then having a great time with it. I love this. And I love that you say claim and sustain because mm-hmm. – this is an area that, as, as, so I'm a high-performance coach, you know that, and mm-hmm. in my work, this is an area that I've been really focusing on. How do we sustain and apply our, um, our learnings, our growth, our, you know, even if we read a book, like how do we keep, keep that, capture that information and apply it in an in a intentional way instead of just read the book and hope something sticks and move on? So mm-hmm. when you say claim and sustain, that, that is powerful stuff because that's where the hardest work is, is the application mm-hmm. and the growth. So let me uh, ask you this. Okay. Oh, go mm-hmm. ahead. Uh, I was going to say that it's the most confronting part of the, the journey because it bumps up against everything we've taught ourselves to believe is possible for ourselves and why it resonates with people, why people are so drawn to the conversation and the work and the exploring is to thrive is our birthright. It's our natural way of being. It's not natural not to thrive. And so anytime we're feeling out of sorts, discomfort or disease, it's because we're harboring thoughts that run counter to the truth of who we are as thriving beings. And so the, the hard part isn't claiming and sustaining our abundance. The hard part is letting go of our filters that we have embraced as our truth that bump up against that allowing that in. So once we tap into it, it's natural. It, it, it's because we're remembering who we are as whole, complete, and divine rather than trying to prove that we are. We're just remembering and then remembering that truth into our lives. Ah, I love that. And that actually, I have a number of questions that we're going mm-hmm. to get to regarding the book because a lot yeah. of the message, a lot of what you just said is, is an undercurrent message in your entire book, which I love so much. But I do want to ask you this. 
how did you like first get started in this kind of work or how did you know that you had this ability to kind of receive these messages and, and this intuition or intuitive knowing? Well, in retrospect, it was all along, and I talked about that in um, the introduction to the book. You know, I remember mm-hmm. an experience when I was five years old. I had this in, intuitive in, uh, experience and encounter with someone that really confused me as a child. But later on, I realized that's what I was picking up on energy. However, yeah. what was the universe is very tricky in getting us to where we need to be in the world and in our purpose work. And I didn't know I was on this path, but my theater work trained me for everything I'm doing now. Directing <laughs> a show is, and stage managing and production managing a show is very much like the work I'm doing now, except now I work with people who are the actors in their scripts called Their Lives, and, and I coach them and guide them into their, the highest um, potential of their performance. And um, okay. so really the transition wasn't that hard for me because it made sense. And it wasn't until I was in a real intensive workshop on the beautiful island of Kauai. You know, who doesn't evolve Ooh. there? And uh, where yeah. my, master, <laughs> my master teacher pointed out, saying, please see that all of your theater training has set you up beautifully for this work you're doing. And in that moment, I realized, absolutely. It's just I needed to take the theater route. And I still direct because I love it. I had to take the theater right. route so that my intellect and my ego could have the training without resistance. Is when I made the connection of what I'm up to as far as a, a life shift facilitator and an intuitive guide, um, that that can be really confronting if you don't know what you're doing or don't know how to, you don't have the muscle skills to be able to sustain the integrity of that work. And so I got to yeah. develop all of that during my theater um, career and training. I, you know what, I totally see that because as a director and working with you as a director, you know, the you're what you're what you're trying to do is like help people imagine and you imagine their performance imagine their collective performance maybe take it even further than they they thought they could or even had thought of and to do that you have to be um you have to have already imagined a world of possibilities so that yeah. then you can instill that vision or imagination um intuition whatever it is into you know, the actors on your stage. So mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, I totally get that. Well, I'll tell you what. We are going to take a very quick moment to recognize one of our sponsors, and then we're going to come back and get more into the book. So here we go. We're going to recognize our sponsor. Women Lead Radio was brought to you today by Connected Women of Influence on our partner, National University. National University is proud to be San Diego's largest private nonprofit university founded in 1971. The National University mission is to provide accessible, achievable higher education to adult learners. Today, National University educates students from across the U.S. and around the globe with over 170,000 alumni worldwide. Thank you so much for your support, National University, and to all of our sponsors and our partners. And now, Diane, back to your show. Awesome. Okay, welcome back to The Lighthearted Life and to our awesome conversation with our guest, Peter Hughes. And before we get into some deep stuff about his book, um, At One Mint, uh, I would like to give you an opportunity, Peter, because I know 
our listeners who are listening live and who will be listening later as a podcast, I know that they're going to want to get in touch with you. So what's the best way for them to reach out to you? The best way is through my website at peterjhughes.com. That's Peter, middle initial J, Hughes, H-U-G-H-E-S.com. Uh, we, have a, we just rebranded my business. I have a new website, so it's um, easily accessible and efficient. And uh, you can visit the website, and then you can go uh, reach out for uh, contact. Um, or you can call the business number, uh, which is 303-831-9471, and talk to me directly. Okay, you guys, I say call him and talk to him directly because it's really <laughs> fun to talk to <laughs> You will laugh a lot, um, unless you're crying, and in that case, he will help you. <laughs> okay, Peter, like I'm literally holding the book in my hands right now, at-one-ment, atonement is how it's spelled, but it says at-one-ment, reclaiming our humanity. And I want to ask you, what, like when you set out to write this book, what is the hope that you filled this book with, um, you know, for the book itself and for the, your readers, the people that's gonna, that are going to read it? Great, great question. And I'll start with, I, I honestly never set out to write the book. It kind of happened. <laughs> and then, <laughs> That's how it, it happened. It, yeah, exactly. It was amazing. I was writing a series of articles called Reclaiming Our Humanity for my um, newsletter. And about half, it was a year-long campaign. And about six months in, I realized that this was actually going somewhere. There was a, the articles were building on each other. And I realized that I was actually writing a book, which – Again, the universe is very tricky because if I had been told I was going to write a book, I would have found every excuse to not do it. But since it was halfway <laughs> done, I thought, well, that's kind of ridiculous to resist, so I kept going. So it was a, it was, I learned as I went um, in the process. And the book itself, um, I call it, it's, it's the, the book is the vehicle on which my prayer for humanity is carried into the world. Oh. That's what the book oh. is for me. And the intention of the book for the who, for readers and who people who actually take the experience and journey of it, um, it's an invitation through short story examples and practical action points uh, to jumpstart the reclaiming of our individual humanity and by proxy our collective potential. You know, our humanity didn't go anywhere; it didn't disappear. We didn't lose it. We just got distracted at some point and forgot to nurture it at the core and at the soul level. And this book in its 12 chapters and chapter reviews and action points um, helps us remember who we are as whole, complete, and divine and bring that awareness to our every thought, word, and action as we create the, the world how we want to live it. See, okay, that's what I love about this book. Um, every word, every page, every chapter that, that, you, that you said your prayer for humanity it mm -hmm. is it is imbued in this book. You can feel it. You can as you read it, you can feel the 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 wisdom, the hope, uh the the possibility. And that's one of the things that that you talked about. Like what I love is that you talk about um we change or improve the world by changing and improving ourselves first. And I know that that's a, mm -hmm. you know, that's, that's a truth. That's a, you know, a belief in many spiritual practices. I mean, it's absolute 
foundational truth. And what you do is you don't just say that, you give us examples of it. You, and then you give us our action points, our action steps. And they're so, um, like, they're simple but not easy. Do you know what I mean? They're, they're simple mm-hmm. things for the most part. Um, but they require us to start with changing our mind about what's actually possible. Um, and so then we can be in a position to change ourselves and then change the world. So mm-hmm. talk about that a little bit, because I think, because that, that is a, a through line in your book. It's like, we have to understand that where we are right now is based on generations of teaching or beliefs or, uh, tall tales or whatever it may be, and that we have to change our mind about and, and open our mind, empty our mind in some ways, so that we can actually live into what's possible. Am I, mm-hmm. am I stating this kind of correctly? Beautifully, beautifully. And one of the things, I, and I say this pretty directly in the book, it was part of my training, is until we take 100% responsibility for everything in our life, and how we use our thoughts, our words, and our actions. We can't change anything. <clears throat> so we yes. shift internally first. And the shift is, is we, we play on that with my business. You know, I'm a life shift facilitator. We get shift uh-huh. done. Shift or get off the pot. <laughs> shift storm. Somebody asked me recently, why, why shift instead of change? I said, well, um, just by human nature, people are resistant to change because change requires that we step into the unknown and the unknown is scary until it's not. So, but it's easy for people to shift. Anybody can shift. You know, you're, you're sitting and you're uncomfortable and your back sore, you shift and you adjust. So it's just, if we can just slightly shift how we, how we use our thoughts, words, and actions, just even slightly in the first chapter, the three, first three action points are so basic. I have to remind the reader, don't be deceived by their perceived simplicity. They're powerful tools. Um, yes, and, because – oh, go ahead. Keep going. Keep going. <laughs> oh, oh, and so at the base of all of the work that I do, whether it's a book or classes or private sessions or directing, is there's three points that I bring into my awareness as I'm facilitating any journey or any project. And the, the first um, point is always to remember um, to thrive is our birthright. The degree to which we yes. thrive is our free choice, our free will. We use our free will. Uh-huh. And so we just become conscious and intentional about how we're using our free will to align our thoughts, words, and actions with our thriving potential. It's that basic. It's that, that's an inside job. And then when we understand yeah. that the world as a mirror reflects back to us the version of ourselves we project onto it. So we just become conscious and intentional about what we're projecting onto the world, understanding it will be mirrored back to us for us to experience. So if we don't like what's going on around us, our, our discomfort isn't because of what's going on around us. It's never about external influence. It's always about what we believe about ourselves and what that's trying to show us is in alignment or out of alignment with the truth of who we are. And if we mm-hmm. don't remember the truth of who we are, then we're kind of floating in this muck of hit and miss called surviving. Mm-hmm. And then the third point is the universe is a yes machine. Uh, what we give mm-hmm. our focus to, it says yes to. It doesn't distinguish between good, bad, right, or wrong. High or low, 
whatever we give our focus to, it says yes to. It's all generous, loving universe is a yes machine. It'll never judge us for how we use our free will, but it will always hold us accountable for what we have chosen. And that's key to remember that in any, that's how you claim and sustain is, is remember the foundation of what you're standing on and hold, hold ourselves accountable for managing ourselves into an integrity with that at all, with each breath at all times. That's the real workout. That's the workout. Absolutely. And that's what I love though. I, it, 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 it does sound uh, simple in some ways, um, but it's definitely not easy. And then, you know, there are some people who, for whom these, what you just said, it's like a big, what, what? I mean, it's so mm-hmm. foreign, you know, cause they, they're, they, they haven't embraced the possibility of change, of shift, by the way, mm-hmm. um, being a shift, a life shift facilitator is a lot more fun to say, and it has a lot more fun uh, phrasing than change. <laughs> yes. <laughs> right? <laughs> it's, shift it's happens. It has a high vibe to it. Yeah, exactly. It does, it does have a high vibe. Um, yeah. you, you mentioned even in your first uh, chapter, some of the, the action items, they do seem very simple, but we don't do them very well. So it's things like, Practice common courtesy and basic manners. And then I love this, pay attention to the basic signs. So some of us are, you know, we want a sign. We want all this miraculous stuff, right? And it's like, but you're not even watching the signs that are right in front of your nose right now, literally, and you don't even stop. You're not acting on the signs that are already here for you. So how would you, how could you even believe you could see other signs and understand them, right? Am I getting Mm -hmm. that right? Absolutely. Absolutely. I liken it to someone who's standing in front of an all-you-can-eat buffet with their back to the buffet with a plate, holding a plate that's empty, and they're, they're complaining that they're suffering because they don't have anything to eat, and their, their back is to the all-you-can-eat buffet. And, and this, I do this with my clients. Is they're saying, well, I, don't, I can't do this. I don't see this. Why am I not creating what I want? So you're facing the wrong direction. You're standing at an all-you-can-eat buffet with your back to it with an empty plate complaining about the empty plate when all you have to do is turn around and then you can have whatever you want. But your part is to turn around. Right. And, and yeah. some people just really resist that, mm-hmm. um, you know, because well, fear. That's the change part. Because of yeah. fear. Yeah, the fear of the unknown. Um, and they don't like, people don't like change, even if it's uncomfortable. Being uncomfortable, being in familiar discomfort is more... Um, approachable to people than standing in um, infinite possibility. That I call that the tyranny of the white, standing before the blank canvas is the most confronting uh-huh. part for an artist or a writer before a, a, a blank page. And yet that's where infinite possibility is all queued up waiting for us to claim it. We just have to step into it. And that's the work I do with people is, hey, let's just get comfortable with being uncomfortable in the unknown because that's where all the yummy stuff is waiting for us. Well, Right. Amen. And the funny thing is, so people get uncomfortable, you know, with the mm-hmm. unknown. They, they feel uncomfortable about that. But it's ironic because they're not any more comfortable in their situation that they're currently in yep. for the most part. Yeah. You know, they're just familiar. Their soul it's familiar. Is crying out. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Familiar yeah. doesn't mean comfortable, though. Because. No, not at all. You, not at all. Yeah. And so, like you said, we'd rather be, like, in our familiar discomfort than try something new and fresh and 
that has potential for, you know, miracles to happen, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it also and has the potential th- for us to fall on our face. <laughs> well, and that's the best part, you know, be, allow yourself to be awkwardly awesome. You, you know, each trip shows it takes us further along the path, and we're still moving forward. So there's, there's all sorts of um, things going on in our resistance. And, again, if we remember that if we're, un- we're uncomfortable, not because we're stuck with the facts of the reality of where we are. We're uncomfortable because as creative beings, we are, to use a musical term, we're retarding the process. We're distorting the process. Ah. We're throwing a glitch in the process by resisting change. I mean, if you want to go absurd with a visual is imagine a tree in the fall, a big oak tree in the fall with all the leaves falling, having fallen off, is running around picking up all the leaves and trying to hop through them back on. (laughs) I don't want to change. I don't like this. And this is wrong, and yet it's the most natural thing, and it cues it up for the next round of leaves to come through, the next glorious lushness to appear in the spring. And so that we, all around us, there, we, see, we have examples of no resistance to change and the beauty of the results of change. And yet, as, you know, we're the smartest animals on the planet, really? <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? But we <laughs> really? can't stay okay. in flow of our natural... We can't just flow with our natural truth and reality. Yes. Yeah. So that's yeah. when I say we to fight. people, to, to thrive is our birthright. It really shocks them. It's like, well, then why am I not experiencing it? Because the degree to which you thrive is your free will. And your free will is being exercised in your limited thinking. And we want to shift that to use your free will in your infinite possibility. And that requires that you, you find your way to, you don't have to be comfortable with stepping into the unknown, but get, at least get excited about the possibility of what's there for you. Yes. And if you can get excited about it, then you can, at least the excitement will uh, take the edge off the fear, right? Because yes. the feeling, the feeling, like say, say when you're getting ready to go on a stage or audition, which is the worst thing in the entire world, in my opinion, or, you know, do a speech or whatever, you get that fluttery sort of fear, anxious feeling. But that feels pretty much the same as excitement inside your body, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. And so yeah. just live into the excitement. Just tell yourself it's excitement and not fear. And then and to, you can do anything. And to that point, I remember the, um, I do channeling work um, as well as part of my services. And the first time I actually channeled in um, class, and for those who aren't familiar with channeling, think of it as just tuning into a higher frequency of awareness and mm-hmm. removing, removing any filters of obstruction or resistance and allowing that connection to flow freely. The first time I did it in class, I thought I was having a panic attack. The energy shift was so traumatic. I, I didn't know what was going on. I thought, okay, please just get me through this class. Let me get to the end of it, and then I'll, I'll just crawl into bed for a week. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> and, then, and that went on for a couple of months. And then I started realizing, oh, I'm not having a panic attack. I just recognized I have a, a projected onto the energy my experience of having had a panic attack. And that was the closest reference I had, but it wasn't an accurate awareness of it. And what I, when I identified that what was happening was my body was responding to a vibrational shift that had me aligning with access to a more expansive awareness. 
It was actually energy that was shifting so I could be in alignment with the thriving experience ah. of what I was facilitating. And so I, when I talked to actors about that experience of nerves before going on stage or an audition, I said, if you relate to it, like your body is energetically aligning with where you need to be to give your best performance. That's Ooh. happening. And if Ooh. we identify it as something wrong, that. yeah, if we identify it as something wrong, that it's a problem. It's to be avoided. If we understand it as a process that's taking us someplace that we desire to be so that we can give our best performance, we breathe into it. We, and it's energy that just wants to move. And so if somebody has to throw up before they go on stage, I say do it. Allow it. Don't resist it. <laughs> But there are, there are right. other ways to let the energy move, and I can work with you on that. You don't have to you know, <laughs> wreak, wreak havoc on your body. But that's one thing when we're, when we're feeling confronted about change and we resist it, it, there's nothing wrong. It's just we're adjusting vibrationally to where we're going so we can acclimate, claim, and sustain it when we arrive there. And so it's, it's uncomfortable. I, I use reference of the butterfly coming out of the cocoon. And, you know, it's uh-huh. changed its form. It's, it's, it can no longer, it's no longer appropriate for it to, to sustain its position in the cocoon. So it has to break through. And it's key not to, to interrupt that process because it's that busting through the cocoon that gives the butterfly the strength to be able to expand its wings and fly. Without that experience, it's weak. And what gives the butterfly the, the motivation to keep fighting to get out of the cocoon is it thinks it's dying. So it's actually ah. thinks it's dying. And that's what gives it the strength to persist and get through to, into the next expression of itself. Every birth process is traumatic. It's messy. Mm-hmm. And yet it's natural. And when we bust through the resistance and step into the next expression of ourselves, we are blown away by how right it feels how natural it feels, how appropriate right. it feels, because that's the next expression of ourself and we're not resisting it. We've oh shifted my gosh. without I, resistance. Peter, I could talk, I mean, I have 20 more questions I want to ask you, but we don't have 20 more questions worth of time because it went so <laughs> fast. But listen, listeners, get in touch with Peter, get his book on Amazon at one minute, Reclaiming Our Humanity, and you, your mind will be open and your heart will be open. And that is the end of our show for today. So, Peter, thank you so much for being my guest and for sharing your wisdom and your love for everyone listening and me. And I want to say a special thank you to all of our listeners. And we have listeners in the United States and across the world now because we're an international show. And after our show today, you can listen to Women Lead Radio on all subscription podcasts, specifically Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and iHeartRadio because we're the big time, just so you know. And we are actually expanding very quickly to do a daily radio show and podcast. So for now, we'll be back for another live Women Lead Radio show on Mondays at 9 a.m. Pacific Time and Fridays at 2 p.m. Pacific Time. And it has been my sincere pleasure to be your host today. I hope that you picked up some amazing insights about our birthrights is thriving and how we do that and thank you for listening so much thank you and i wish for you a lighthearted life of joy and purpose and meaning and great relationships so have a wonderful week and we'll see you on our next show with uh women lead radio network 
Women Leading the Way is produced by Connected Women of Influence, the premier private membership organization where like-focused, business-to-business executive and professional women connect, collaborate, and cultivate a vast network of high-level affiliations, resources, and professional relationships. For more information about Connected Women of Influence, please visit our website at connectedwomenofinfluence.com.